1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
2: guidance is internal ignition sequence starts five four three two one zero all engine running liftoff we have a liftoff Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet
3: mother ship?
1: This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA.
3: Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. This is the podcast about the radio show. It's available on its own podcast feed, search Permission Granted. It's available on the Da Show's podcast feed. It's also available inside the free Odyssey app. Well, I was gone on Wednesday, and Greg Caserta was—he was in on headlines because yes. Bogus slid into the co-host role. Correct. So you and Bogues co-hosted. Caserta in for headlines. Caserta gets the call out of the bullpen to do Canadian bacon that day. Greg, take it away on the ice. <laughs> Boys,
4: on a pork roll, here we go. The kids coming off the bench for day two of the NHL playoffs. And we start in the Garden State, where the football stadium is built on a desolate swamp. The Rangers rode in through the Holland Tunnel, named after Hall of Famer Ken Holland. Look it up. (laughs) They were the proverbial angels for their anticipated showdown with the Devils. New Jersey, with one of the biggest bandwagon fan bases in the entire league, packed out the Prudential Center. Springsteen was there last Friday, and the Blue Shirts drove a snowplow right down Thunder Road. Oh, oh, come take my hand, Ryan Lindgren, you hard hat guy, you. Working on the highway with the goal of the night from in tight, it gave the Blue Shirts a 3-0 lead late in the second.
1: Fox has got some room, moves down with it, back to Lindgren.
4: Sam Rosen on MSG, 5 won the final for the good guys. Igor Shosturkin took the Devils down to the river and drowned them. No love making in New Jersey last <laughs> night. Jack Hughes scored on a penalty shot late in the third to give the Devils their only goal. And he was your player of the night for head coach Lindy Ruff. Probably nerves, jitters.
5: I think everybody
3: in that room that hasn't been in a playoff game now knows what it's like to be in a playoff game.
4: Cry about it, Sherry Darling. Adam, this guy, Fox, your honorable mention with four assists. Now, I was just in Denver where the defending Stanley Cup champs were looking to get back that mile-high feeling of hoisting the cup. Turns out the Rockies aren't so rocky after all. And John Denver was full of bleep, man. The Seattle Kraken were in their first ever playoff game in year two as a franchise. And the giant Pacific Octopus held their own 3-1 win on the road. Turns out if you say Kraken with a German accent, it's good, yeah? Philip Grubauer stopped 34 shots in the VIN. And as we say in Bavaria, vroom, vroom, party starter. If the Oilers are routinely the biggest disappointment in the West and Mraz's diet is the biggest disappointment in the East, then Toronto takes the chocolate cake in Eastern Canada. The Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup since Lester B. Pearson was the prime minister. That's back in 1967. And last night, the Lightning came to party. God keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Unless you play defense for Toronto. Seven goals. Seven. That's like giving up a buck fifty in the NBA playoffs. The Maple Leafs are a national embarrassment. Lightning in five tops. That means a whole lot of Dave Mishkin, who had the soundbite of the night on Lightning Radio because we had nothing else to play.
1: Five in the period. Right circle Kucherov. Shoots Yes! Yeah. Kucherov with two point six seconds left in the first. A power play goal for Kucherov. It's three 0 Lightning.
4: The Lightning scored four straight on the power play and said, how's it going, eh? With a 7-3 win to start that series. And that is your Wednesday Canadian bacon.
3: Yeah. Oh.
2: Last night, when he found out he had to do Canadian bacon, night two of the NHL playoffs, and Greg Caserta gives us five freaking oinks. Take hey, that Doyle? Great to that Tom Doyle. Yeah.
3: Now, you had said you had Carlos with a K originally set up for Canadian bacon. How did you not know that Caserta was on the schedule? To be honest, I don't think any of us looked, and
2: full disclosure, I for some reason, we usually do have an anchor, but when I knew I was doing the show with Bogish, in my mind, it was just like, oh, yeah, bogish is here, so he'll be anchoring and doing the hosting, which just one of those I didn't fully process it, and frankly, neither did bogish because Bogus and I had had the conversation about Carlos, and it took, I hate to say it, DA, a text from Pete the Bossy Bilotti on scheduling to tell us, hey, just so you know, you have a Caserta tomorrow if you need him for anything, so Pete being the boss he is, stepped in and, and let us know a boss-like detail that became important and, dare I say, historical to the DA show.
3: So you get that text on Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. Very late afternoon. Very late afternoon. And yeah. so when do you make the decision that Carlos with a K is, is taking a seat of the bench?
2: Uh, three minutes later when me and Bogus go back and forth in a text. Bogus was very concerned deep down, very concerned he almost was under the impression that because Canadian bacon with our listeners has gotten so vicious with the grading and the oinks, and you know, we've kind of eased Pat into it. He was worried that Carlos hadn't done enough DA show chops yet that we like the value of him, but don't want to ruin him by shelling him in a start. Wow. And I understood that I semi disagree, but I understood his overall point. And what leaned it for me was overall Caserta's done it A and B. Look, anytime you could run a play with Greg Caserta, I think you have to do it. So, and I and I figured deep down Carlos wouldn't be offended anyway by it. So we found a nice compromise. Carlos, there's four games on the schedule. We'll make this your audition tape. Take the one game he doesn't do. Ask Greg, and we'll do that before and news quickly. And I think it worked out great. When does Carlos with a K get that heads up? So six minutes after Pete's text, so we got a Pete text. Three minutes, uh, a minute later, text to Greg. Don't even wait for Greg's response. Assume he's saying yes. Text Carlos. And a little pushback from Carlos. I went back and listened. I'm ready for this, but whatever you guys want me to do, I would have been more than happy to do it, which led us to the compromise of, wow, now we almost feel bad because he really was looking forward to it, so we'll give him a game. We made that the poll question. The listeners loved
3: it. I think it put Carlos in a winning situation. So, interestingly, he was ready to do all four games and cover them, but he didn't have to watch the games yet, and then write a script. You had given him this heads up way before,
2: right? There was no pre work done other than if you don't know what it is, I gave him the timestamp on when we did it that day to go back and just kind of listen to what we do. That was the only thing that that was good. But it wasn't like, hey, screw your script, right? You know, rip it up. No, the
3: games hadn't even started for the night yet, which is why again, I wouldn't do that. Make him do the work and then do that. Okay, so Carlos with a K got one game. Wasn't a true fit. Wasn't official Canadian bacon, but it did it did recreate some of the environment. Any typical D. A. Show fashion, we had the name of it. We called it a bacon bit. Okay, so That's Carlos good. did a
2: bacon bit, uh, and it was honestly really funny. He ran, and I'm glad we did it because he ran through it so quickly. He had good writing, good lines, but he was so quick to the point you got to the end of the game, you're like, I must have missed thirty things because you sounded like an auctioneer. So. I think doing the one game helped him because we all criti- critiqued him on that. And I think he'd be do a better job the second time. But if he had ripped through three games at that fast a pace, he might have gotten destroyed.
3: Now, you're set up in a really tough spot right now because Caserta steps in and knocks it out of the park with a five oinker. You come back today. Your voice isn't 100%. You get 2.75 oinks. You did not fight that. But then you have a day off tomorrow and then two-day weekend. So you oh. won't be back on the desk until Monday. The best part about this show is that Every single day we're on the air. So if we feel like we messed up something, I know if I feel like I messed up something, I wasn't happy with something, I get to jump back on the horse and tomorrow just get right back into the chair. Like baseball season. It's exactly like baseball. You take 0 for 4 and you're like, I just got to get back out there tomorrow because I don't want this to linger with me. For you, this is worst case scenario. It'll linger for three full days and Friday's out of your control. Totally. And And Boyle is in.
2: And Caserta has the five oinker leading in. So maybe if I had just let Carlos do it, he doesn't get five oinks. All right, the crowd will have their fun with Pat. I'm sure he'll come out. He'll hit three home runs like Reggie in 77 and come back. And it's just, that was to be expected. But now if I come back with a dud, well, no, I, I finish with a dud in between a five oinker. And who knows? I mean, you can't expect Pat to have a dud too. It is, this is the most pressure I will have been under on
3: Monday morning in the
2: history of Canadian Bacon. I got myself in a real pig slump here. I really do.
3: (laughs) And you're just not doing yourself any favors from a voice standpoint because do you have another BetQL show today?
2: I do, from 3 to 7 in the afternoon on Thursday. And then I'm done. Nothing Friday. No DA show, nothing there. And nothing over the weekend? Sunday morning, my normal BetQL show. I do have to do a quick 20-minute draft, uh, one giant step thing tomorrow, but, I mean, it's 20 minutes you can get by. We're not talking about four hours of talking.
3: So you just, your your voice has just run through the ringer, huh? It is.
2: And I'm annoyed because obviously we didn't see each other. Actually, this is the first time we've seen each other all week based on Syracuse and, and everything else. I was from home on Monday. On Tuesday night, Rangers game one, I'm finishing up the third day of a double already. And I said to myself, it's game one of the playoffs. High fives only. No yelling, no screaming. My voice wasn't going at the time. And I re- remembered last year's Canadian Bacon saying, I might have been screaming and yelling too much watching Ranger games. I can't do that. I got two jobs to do. And I woke up and my voice was still crap. Today, specifically. I said, well, what? I might as well just hoot and hollered and had a good time. What is going on? I think that I'm just such a fat disgrace that I can't handle talking that much. And no sleep doesn't help either.
3: No sleep doesn't help, but you are doing a lot of talking. I, I ran into that concern when I was doing the doubles around Christmas when I was doing our show and then the local show on WFAN in the afternoon, it's just so much talking because on Sunday you did how many hours of a Beck UL show? Two. Three. Oh, three. Three now. And then your Sunday night show on WFAN was how long? 5.35. You did eight and a half hours of talking. That's two plus hours. That's two plus times this show. And the
2: five and a half was a solo show. With no anchor present and not a lot of calls because in New York, the Mets were playing at the same time. You know, sparingly, there were calls, but not like, hey, just take calls for five hours. I talked essentially to myself for the better part of five and a half
3: hours. That's eight and a half on Sunday to start off this week. Then Monday, we do the show, four hours. Then your BetQL show is what? Four hours. So eight hours Monday. Morning and afternoon drive all week. Eight hours Tuesday. Yep. Now, granted, when you're doing our show, I'm the one doing... 75% 75% of the talking, sure. so you get to parachute in a little right. bit, but you are talking. But well, when you're hosting, it's a different thing, which you were doing for four hours. So that's eight and a half, eight, eight. And then Wednesday, you do have to host this show. You're hosting with Bogues, but yep. you are the lead yeah. lead dog. You're doing four hours yesterday. I mean, that's that's today was the extraordinary. Today was the
2: day, and I didn't know until Pete the Body called me in the car. Because I, I don't know if you've run into this problem. When You wake up early in the morning, right? It's get your stuff, get out of the house. Other people are sleeping in the house. I'm not talking, right? I'm just, I turn on the radio. I'm driving along. And Pete the Body called me to warn me about Schwartz's son calling Schwartz on the overnight. And said, did you hear this? And it was the moment I went to respond to Pete that I heard my voice go, <coughs> and sounded like white noise. And I went, oh, crap. Like, what is going on here? I came in, I've already taped side, by, I was pre-show. As I went to do that and start, I said, oh, I'm doomed. But I think that was it. I think yesterday, hosting in place of you and then that, my voice is just telling me, you're not a healthy man to begin with. Why are you talking this much?
3: So let's get to the Wendy's incident. Because yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, Danielle brings you, what was the sandwich? Yeah, well, it was more than the sandwich.
2: We don't, this will be the- I know the before. spicy nugs. She brought me a junior bacon cheeseburger. A medium fry, an, an Asiago Ranch spicy chicken sandwich, and the remnants of, I guess, a 10-piece spicy nugget, whatever, uh, in, insurmountable amount, uncountable amount. Apparently, they, it was just some extra in the bag. She had a few and threw them down to me. Uh, and a wild berry lemonade and a small chocolate frost. Fries? Yeah, medium fry, medium fry, which I was putting on the sandwich. I was putting on the burger. I was a real pig. So
3: yesterday, this is five days removed from your colonoscopy.
2: Um, six, seven, yo. Know, Wasn't well, a full
3: week, was it? Yeah. So your colonoscopy was last Thursday. This was Wednesday. Yeah. So phone. six days. Six okay. days. Junior bacon cheeseburger, medium fry, wildberry lemonade. You said yeah, something like that. Then a chicken bacon ranch Asiago. Yeah, with a spicy chicken patty. Spicy chicken patty. Then leftover nugs. Yeah. Spicy nugs. Then a frosty yeah that's a lot of food
2: and it's a lot of grease totally and for those who think i'm just a walking pig which i am for the most part you know moderate chicken vegetables we had like a chicken sausage pepper there's like just like standard i'm cooking at home food since the colonoscopy i had not driven through a drive through a been to a drive this was the first go around for right out the shoot fast food and Running around with the kids. I'm working all week. Time got it was just it happened to be one of those fast food nights. We all know them in America where you just run out of time. And she dropped in my lap. Good wife doing that. She knows kind of what I like. I didn't it's not like I even gave her an order. I didn't even know what she was getting for dinner. She probably listens to all the rejoiners and knows my order. Threw to my lap and then I'm so hungry because she's like an hour later than I usually eat dinner on my body clock. And I'm hosting the show with like another segment or two left. I'm wolfing it down quickly too. I'm singeing my throat with the spicy nugs. Like, wow, I could tell there was like a peppercorn moment too. We like, and I maybe that did. It was the talking, and then that was it.
3: Oh, no. Well, let me tell you. Remember when I lost my voice in Boise? Yeah. Well, when I came home, it was so bizarre because I didn't. That, that rarely happens to me and it happened on a trip when we was we were in Boise, and I just was like, what the hell? And I came back, and I, I checked it out a little bit, and I spoke to somebody who, um you know, works with people's voice and stuff like that, and they they thought that maybe I had, had too many greasy foods, too many, because the oh. oils, the oils and grease can inflame your throat, and you think, like, oh, maybe it would, like, moisturize it but no it can dry it out wow yeah and and they because that trip we were eating french fries all over the place you're in boise yeah as you do we were doing french fries for basically every meal and then i think the last meal it was like plus fried chicken or something like that and they were like yeah if you would have just cut down to the fried foods you probably would have been okay it didn't help traveling like the cabin being in the cabin, circulating the same yeah. air. At the time, I think we were still wearing masks on the plane. Time zone difference with
2: sleep, getting up early as it is.
3: Yeah, and, but he said, uh, but yeah. That put you over. So maybe the greasy foods yesterday for you.
2: My voice probably already taking on a big enough hit, yeah. and then I'm shooting that stuff down my it throat. It inflames you. Look, unfortunately, you got to deal with the consequence, and the consequences are 2.75 oinks.
3: <laughs> you really took that one, though, like a pro today.
2: You weren't, yeah. you weren't angry. And I'm not going to – this is where Bogush would laugh. I'm not going to pat myself on the back for taking it like a pro. I will just say this. I knew it wasn't good enough. Could I really have made a stink and said, well, you know, this, this, and this, I probably – you could have got me to a three. But in the end, I'm also thinking bigger picture here now. I now understand the 162-game schedule. <laughs> this thing ain't going to end yeah. until mid-June, I know. early June. We're in mid-April. I will have other hills to fight and die on, I am sure. I am sure. We're only three Canadian bacons in. The time will come where I feel I am being unfairly judged. If I spill all of that, knowing I have a crap voice and knowing it wasn't going to be as great anyway now, well, then my power of when I really think I deserve it, that will go out the window. (laughs) So take the loss, say the right things to the media, and live to fight another day.
3: Well that's smart because I was thinking to myself, man, we're only through week we're not even through week 1 of Canadian bacon, which means we're only 2 to 3 games into the first round of any series.
2: Yeah, half the league hasn't played a game 2 yet. <laughs> yeah,
3: we already have a mythical five oink, year 275, your throat issues boil coming in tomorrow. I mean, there's already – I mean, we we have – Some are calling this the greatest first round in Canadian bacon (laughs) history, or the most memorable, at least. Yeah, so you don't want to fight it. We'll wrap up with this because I don't want you to kill your voice any more than it already has to be. But the fact that Pete heard Schwartz hosting overnights here in New York and hearing him have his son come on as a caller – that hits all types of boxes for Pete. Pete couldn't wait to tell you to get that in the sound check.
2: Yeah, and it was an odd time for Pete to call me because he usually calls me. It's like the wake-up time. You know, hey, this something like this is going on. I could tell we were pretty close to, I'm going to see you any minute here. What's going on? And he was like, like he had this hot item. He, you know, he had a stock tip. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? You got to get this. So it bit fed into Pete, and it was almost as if Pete was listening for that.
3: Yeah. Like he sensed it coming, and he got it. I wonder if Pete wanted his son to call or his son just called out of nowhere and said, yeah, I'm Pete's son. Put me up. You know, you guys debated this
2: on the air, you and Pete. The more that time has passed and it's only been four hours since we played the call, six hours probably in real time, I think the son called on his own. I really do because it is an odd time. I don't think Pete, as low of the low that Schwartz will go down with the kid mentions and everything else, (laughs) <laughs> I don't think he would say, hey, set your alarm and call me to do this. Also, the time he told him to call him, like, that's the time you don't want your son to call. Like, he would only have, like, another hour of sleep or so. Or, yeah, wake up randomly, you still have three hours of sleep. I think this kid, knowing the big shot my dad, I think this was more for him to go back on the Rewind and show all his friends, look, I called my dad last night. I think it was a rogue move, but Schwartz has also harbored this kind of behavior this is the beginning of what we've talked about before—the look at me kind of stuff. Look, I could call the fan because my dad's on. I could get a foul ball. This is the stuff that Schwartz has harbored, but I don't think he t- directly
3: told him to call. Hmm. So you think that his son, her dad on the air, was like, "I'm going to call up my dad. I'm going to, I'm going to play this for all my friends That's at it. school today at
2: the lunch table. The whole thing." Wow, you were, you got on the fan? That's so cool. Yeah, my dad was hosting on the fan. Got to hear this. They I, put me right through. I busted his chops. Yeah, exactly. Got to hear this line. Exactly. Where Schwartz, to a man, was probably like, oh, come on, my bosses might actually be listening. Like, this is like the last 10 minutes of the show. And, you know, go to bed. Call me Peter. He's panicking a little bit there. I think this is all rogue. Wow. I see a look on your face. I think you might be leaning my way
3: now. Uh, I don't know because Pete would do anything for attention and anything to get his kids' attention. So to have his son call up the show, I mean, here's going to be the test. Will he tweet out this clip? If he tweets it out, then we know he wants the attention for it. If he buries it, doesn't cite it, then, you, then you're on something. Do you think he wants like a Noah Eagle, Iron Eagle situation? Well. Is I, that what you're hinting at? I'm hinting at that perhaps he sees an opportunity – to send to publications or sports media people, listen to one Schwartz, call another Schwartz on the biggest sports oh, radio station man. in the world.
2: I, we can't we can't do a Salute Your Schwartz podcast now. We can't have that. That's a good one.
3: <laughs> like a Griffey situation I think he's looking for. Well, I will tell you. Ken Sr., Ken Jr., side by side. Make the case, both have gotten as big as the Griffey, so... <laughs> Okay. You got Bogues for Side B? Bogues for
2: Side B, and we talk, of course, of our stun to a news at the 5 oinker. Okay.
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: How to do to do, and welcome into side B of the PGP. How are you? Joined by my friendly man, the man in the Fordham sweatshirt that I actually is pretty sharp. Sure Oh, old little throwback, no hoodie. Andrew Bogish Bogish, how are you?
5: I'm doing really well, and thanks for the compliment on my shirt. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, you might notice, too. Full disclosure, we're taping this ahead of side A of the PGP, mm. ahead of Thursday's uh, edition of the DA show. So it is approximately 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And my voice is quavering a little bit already, or quivering a little bit here. Quivering, burgers. yeah. So I'm curious to see what i already sounded like on Sade when we play this back, but not a good scene here. The hard hat guy, I think it's catching up with me here.
5: And, I mean, I know you've done a lot of talking since Sunday, I guess. Yeah, a double on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday,
2: Thursday this week.
5: Yeah, I just, I would assume for somebody who is such a hard hat guy and a blue collar guy that you could handle this. I think I have handled it, um... Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. Doesn't sound like you're handling it right now. I
2: don't know. And I, and I haven't even, like, the other night watching the Ranger game, no screaming and yelling because I knew after last year's mistakes. But still, here I am.
5: Would they get you some tea or something like
0: that? I'm or
2: am throat gonna, coat? I, I'm going to drink some tea. Okay. But just so you know, a man of many hard hats.
5: Right. And you're here. The bottom line is you're here. Yes. Right. Exactly. with the quavers and the quivers. Now,
2: I'm already off on Friday, so I don't want that coming back to haunt me. That was pre-quivers. Right. right. Pre-quivers. Right. All right. We have to get into, already, we've had a five oinker in Canadian bacon. (laughs) I can't believe it. DA out on Wednesday. Greg Caserta. And by the way, the the behind-the-scenes of Canadian bacon that led to the five oinker, and this is a behind-the-scenes kind of podcast, is fascinating. Bogus and I anchoring the mothership with DA out. Carlos with a K going to slot in and produce. Caserta going to handle the updates. We didn't really think about who was in for you on updates. We looked to the producer chair. And I had made an executive call. Carlos with a K would be doing Canadian bacon. It was later in the day that Pete, the bossy, there was a lot of nerves. Let's just call it like that around Carlos with a K watching hockey. He's not the biggest hockey fan.
5: Right. The concern was a Canadian bacon's hard to do. Yeah. Especially when you're not around all the time to get a feel for what exactly it is. And then B, because Carlos doesn't, we assume didn't know hockey, didn't follow hockey. We didn't want it. We didn't want to put him in an unfair spot. We didn't want to like set him up to fail, so to speak, sure. because he was walking in blind to the idea of the segment and then what was needed in the segment. But you thought I was doing updates. I never thought, oh, blank anchor can do right. It took. We I mean we were well down the Carlos road. Do you I, want to do it? Can you do it? Here's what it sounds like and then Bellotti to the rescue.
2: Yes, and Carlos had gone back at that point and listened. So it was probably unfair to Carlos that we were going to pull the rug out from under him. But I also thought working Caserta into the offense as much as possible, you know, it's like a guy could get wide receiver one reps, then you find out your starting wide receiver is ready to go. Sorry, you're mm. back back to the bench. So Caserta does Canadian bacon. And it ends up being one of the great managerial decisions at DA Show History, stroke of luck, because even I... Who am a pig at arguing people being better yeah. than me at something? Yeah. For a first go-around of the year for Caserta, night two of the playoffs, I don't think it was an overreaction. I don't think it was an overgrade. The jokes were hysterical. The uh, The themes, the songs were great. The pacing was great. Uh, again, I think what there was one mistake I didn't necessarily – oh, it was the highlight that he included one game with two right. things – very technical, but I'm also not in the process of thinking you should get graded down for that. It was unbelievable. Although that
5: was one of your critiques of Boyle last year, that he was not following the form. And then I, I got a lot of heat for that. Okay. Oh,
2: you're allowed to adjust your mindset. True, you're true. Thinking. Yeah, no,
5: we should all learn and progress and right. get better, yeah.
2: Um, And I'm still not a fan of that, but I also understand the tape situation sucked. The people cutting it, so put Caserta behind the eight These other things to do. I thought it was just unbelievable. And now we're all chasing that the rest of the year.
5: I, it and by was, the way, we're
2: taping this before I even know what anybody has said about mine on Wednesday right. or um, Thursday.
5: I, as I said on the air, the only thing I that I missed was the Springsteen joke. Like, I just don't know Springsteen. That was all— But a lot of people do. Right. So, like, at the beginning, I wasn't sure how good it was. But once we cleared the Springsteen part and things were hitting in my brain, like the Dumb and Dumber reference, singing the Canadian National Anthem, I mean, it was, it was great. It was a legit— perfect effort, and the bar has been set ridiculously high for week one of the postseason. And because Canadian Bacon is the epitome of ridiculousness,
2: I mean, what the evolution of this segment is actually really incredible if you care about, like, DA show intricacies. It, it really is. From where it started in the bubble to come on and then oinks got thrown
5: in. Which I think is, was my idea. I kind of want to go back and hey, take and credit. reconfirm that, that at least I was there as we got the idea of grading now, these things.
2: Now, to be fair, I don't know what has happened to my brain. I didn't remember getting a five oinker myself, and apparently Boyle had two. All I remember that stands out is the Boyle first five oinker when right. I wasn't in. I don't I don't have recollection of it.
5: I think if, if now as we've had a whole like almost day to go through it. I still don't remember the details of your five, but I do remember Boyle getting a second one and it being better than the first and us kind of going like, what do we do now?
2: Well, because of that, I faced a lot you know, like a head coach it has to go through answering to the media. Mm. Tweets, Instagrams. The suggestion has been raised. Hey, if Kassir is already that good in day two, and you guys figured out this five oinker thing by the end of last year, do we have to start giving out more than five oinks? Does, I mean, this, does the grading system now change?
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're there yet, but I do think if we start piling up... Really good ones.
2: Because five is a finite. Now there's quarters and half winks. Maybe right. Pete needs to utilize those a little right. more.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we might need Pete to be even harsher than we already think he is. And kind of, re, or like, is it up to Pete to reset the bar of what actually is a But five? then that becomes weird because then it's like, oh, so this was like, if you
2: actually nail what Caserta did, right? Again, you're like, that was as good as Caserta. But now you're going to get four and a half oinks just because we're readjusting what it is.
5: Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, sports that have, like, gymnastics and figure skating that do grades for your performance. And, like, there are—is tricks the right word? Like, there are moves that didn't exist. So, like, in okay. 1972, when you got a perfect 10 on the uneven bars, that like by, that might get you an eight and a half now. Because the new 10, because yeah. they are doing all these different twists and turns, everybody's— you know, is more doing more dangerous things or more athletic things. So, like, that 10 is well, not the same as it was in 1972. I don't know. How, how do we account for that?
2: I guess these are good controversies to have, folks.
5: I, I think, I mean, you it was know? suggested to rename the best a boil. Like, that, you you got a boil. like So, like, do we get graduate we graduate? <laughs> yeah, that's to, what we
2: all want, a boil.
5: If we go past five oinks, are we now in—you get one boil or 1.25 boils— Which means it's really like a 6.25. Like, do we have another level? It's like when Costco
2: asks you for that upgrade in the membership.
5: Exactly.
2: Get the black card.
5: Right. And now we're saving more per purchase. Like, is there, do we jump? Oh, five oinks, that's great, but it's not a boil.
2: That's interesting. It's not a terrible point. It's not a terrible point at all. Hmm. Real quickly, you haven't heard this yet, so this is going to be very meta. Uh Uh-oh. This PGP is going to be out. After Thursday's show, on Thursday's show, anybody who's already listening, this is listen to Thursday's show. Jr. again goes to Jack Stern out of the open, and just so you know, Jack Stern talks about the great weather in New York and how he went to sunbathe in Central Park and was feeling cute. Jr. pivots and goes back to basketball.
5: I mean, smart,
2: quick response.
5: (sighs) It's it's nearing time that Jr. has got to come on the DA show for a hard hitting interview about exactly what's going on. His decisions to go to either Shep or Jay, or Jack so early in the show in general. And does I he, like it. I, I but like I need to know his motivation. Does he know what's coming? Does he want the crazy weird stuff? Is he walking into these like But this can I predict? Yeah. I think he wants to see what the crazy
2: we- he knows that there's going to be crazy weird.
5: So he wants it. He
2: he wants to see what the crazy weird is and then make a decision in his mind in the opening segment of the show whether he will further pursue this the rest of the show or he's on his own.
5: So it's like a heat check. It's yeah. like you just hit three straight threes and yeah. I'm has a fourth one from 30 feet to see if it goes in. He's checking on them immediately yep. and then making a live decision? Yeah, and then, okay. he,
2: then he makes the call in his head. All right, this is going to be the kind of night I need to do for me or all right, we're going to have some fun tonight. I think that's his decision
5: making. And Jack, you ask Jack these questions. Like, do you, you know what you're doing here? Yeah. I don't purpose. know what you mean.
2: I'm just being me. By the way, with the shot voice, still not a bad stern.
5: It's not a bad stern. It really isn't.
2: Not a bad stern. All
5: right, folks. where can we get you on Twitter? At Jack Stern fan.
2: Yeah, I, that's not his Twitter account, folks. And you can get me at CBS or at Pete the Body, who apparently also is wearing a fake nose.
5: <laughs> if Pete was funny, he'd have an actual fake nose on today.
2: Yeah. Best tweet of all time. Thank you for everybody listening. Remember, you can always get this free on the Odyssey app. Take care. Enjoy the freaking weekend.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours